This is the 343 Podcast. I'm your host, John Pronich. Welcome to the show. Christopher Kramer, maybe better known as Topher or this guy Toph, joined me in March of 2018 to record for a second time on this podcast. I want to let everybody know that Topher has a very special place in my podcasting heart. Topher was one of the very first people that I interviewed when I first started my podcast. In fact, he was the very first person that I actually planned to bring on the show. The only guests before him were three people that I ambushed in a park after a soccer camp in downtown LA. One of those people was Ben Letterman's dad. Some of you might be familiar with Ben Letterman. And the other two were coaches from Spain that were brought over to lead a camp in that downtown LA park. In 2016, I actually unexpectedly crossed paths with one of those coaches during my trip to Barcelona. And I did a recap of that trip. One episode is still one of the most listened to and most talked about episodes that I have ever recorded. You might remember it. It's the one about waves, aka passing patterns. If you've never heard it before or just want a refresher on that, I've provided links to those episodes in the write-up for this podcast. But getting back to Topher, he and I have been connected for a number of years now. We've stayed connected mostly via Twitter, but also because of the member forums and in-person events that 343 has provided. In fact, when Brian was still at Chivas USA, Topher and I both went down to LA at the same time to watch some games and practices. And it was during that week that Topher and I invited Gary to go get dinner with us. And it was at that dinner that the idea for our in-person coaching summits was born. Now, I decided to break up this conversation into a couple of different parts. Topher and I touched on a lot of important topics or I didn't touch on them, Topher brought them up, and I feel like they need to be highlighted, and there is a chance that some of the messages might get lost if I give you all of this in one sitting. So this is just a small portion of the conversation that him and I had. But in this particular episode, we do a lot of catching up uh, at the very beginning before we start talking about the need for coaches to be genuine, which is a key ingredient to success on and off the field. He also starts to talk about his experiences with different coaching, or sorry, with coaching different demographics and their different needs and their different qualities, and specifically his observation that he now has to coach players how to be more gritty, which is an interesting part, and I hope that you guys enjoy listening to us talk about that. Now, I should probably preface with something like I'm totally 100% aware that this is two white guys talking about certain demographics, so please just keep that in the back of your mind. We're not trying to be somebody that we're not or say that we're doing things that we're not, but these are just uh, our observations from working with uh, youth soccer, I guess is the best way to put it. Uh, Just a reminder that this episode and all of the 343 podcast episodes are made possible because of your support as a member of the 343 Coaching Education Program, which is actually what funds this podcast. So if you are a member in the Coaching Education Program, like Topher is, not only are you getting an education that transforms you into a far better coach from the guys who have gone through that transformation themselves and are now considered among the top uh, in the country, but you are also helping to sustain and develop this podcast. 
if you are not a member and you are wondering what a 343 membership can offer you. It is the complete online resource that will help you reduce your trial and error time and help you get right to the work that matters. You learn the cutting edge training techniques that have been proven to develop better and smarter players, better and smarter teams, and better and smarter coaches. The 343 Coaching Education Program gives you insider access to exclusive videos of training sessions and full games with additional education from eBooks, audio interviews, question and answer sessions, and online forums for networking and collaboration with other coaching members. To learn more and to explore all of the benefits of being a 343 Coaching Education Program member and to help support this podcast, visit 343coaching.com. That's the numbers 343coaching, all spelled out, dot com. All right. Here is part one of my interview with Christopher Kramer. Enjoy. John, how you doing? Mr. Topher, what's going on, dude? Not much, man. Just hanging out in my house, enjoying the peace and quiet. I feel like you don't get a lot of that these days. No. No, I do not. So <laughs> I take it when I can get it. Nice. I don't think I've talked to you since you moved into your new place. Yeah, I think we talked a little bit this morning, oh, like right yeah. after. Yeah, that's right. You told me you were going through like the internet debacle or whatever. Yeah, exactly. So that's all cleared up. Now I got some, some high-speed fiber, so I'm good. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I've I've never even been in a place that's near that, so I I still have uh, whatever the slowest is. <laughs> well, at least you don't have dial up, right? At least we've moved on. From that. <laughs> True. No, but it's it's seriously it's it's been a big like internet has been a big hindrance, and actually a, a big reason why I switched the way that I was recording and hosting the podcast because. I I could never rely on it. Like it got to a point where it was so unstable. I remember specifically I interviewed Gab Marcotti and I just, I just had to throw it in the trash can because my internet kept dropping or kept dropping and it had absolutely nothing to do on his end. It was all my fault and not even my fault. It was just the internet sucked here and that's unfortunately all that gets offered in this area. So I'm stoked to be on this new, uh, this new method. So what, so what exactly is the new method? Yeah. So I have, uh, did you see the, the, I did, I released like a gear list. Yeah. So I, I skimmed through it today, but I didn't have a chance to like do the deep read. So <clears throat> I didn't pick up on what, I, what like your new setup is exactly. Yeah. So I, I basically have like a, like a small mixer that has the capability of handling two microphones, which is awesome. Uh, the, the microphones or the, the inputs or it's actually a dual input. So I can either input like a headphone jack or an XLR cable. And so I have right now I have like one, like basically headphone jack. Uh, what is that? That's a quarter. I think that's a quarter inch headphone jack going into the audio mixer. And then I have an adapter on the other end of that. That's plugged into my phone. And then I'm talking into uh, a sure SM 58 that's connected to an XLR cable that's connected to the mixer. And then the mixer is connected to, Man, it sounds like it sounds like the song, like the Funny Bone song or whatever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but the the mixer's connected to to my computer via another adapter because the the new fucking MacBooks it only comes with the USB C ports, but everything yep. all the products are still USB 
uh, cords. And so I have for now. See, yeah. 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 So I have one, two, I have three adapters going to my computer right now. It's a, that's a pain in the ass, but yeah, eventually it's going to catch up and be fine. Yeah, exactly. Cool, man. Like, no, that's, it's nice to take the, the internet out of it, out of the equation you uh, know, so that that, that doesn't become an issue. Yeah. Totally. No, there's been so many times, like, especially, I think I wrote about it in that gear list, but like, trying to coach people how to get on Skype and some people only have their phone. They don't have a computer or vice versa. And, and so I'm like trying to figure out, okay, like what could possibly be happening on their end? And and it was so funny when I was talking with John Mata and he was on his phone. So he had to like, he either had to put me on speakerphone or he was like taking his phone away from his ear to kind of like do the next step. And it just, it was a nightmare trying to get him logged in. And I ended up having to create an, an entirely separate, uh, Skype account for him to log into and it, it eventually worked, but it was an absolute nightmare. Oh yeah. I'm glad I haven't had any of those struggles, but you're, you're still podcasting though. So that's good. Yeah. I mean, I, I have a couple episodes that are in the editing phase that I just need to polish up and, and get out for this year. But, um, it was fun doing the 10 episodes last, last year. Um, and I definitely don't want to stop doing it. Um, but I, I definitely don't have the time to, to do it as consistently as I would like to either. So what, uh, what are some of the things that you're, that you're kind of wanting to talk about in the, uh, in the new year? So in 2018, what are some things that you kind of had targeted for the podcast? Well, I took your advice and I'm going to revisit some of my blog posts. Um, so I've already recorded a couple, um, where I just kind of summarize what that blog post was about. And I talk a little bit about where the inspiration, like I just get into a little bit more detail. And then I also offer some updates on how my mind has either changed or things that I've confirmed or, you know, whatever, just however my, my thought process has evolved. Um, so I think that'll be kind of an interesting, I don't know, just like a different thing to put out there. That's a little bit more short form, um, just little, little things to get people thinking and then maybe also revisiting the blog, you know, um, checking out, especially if, if there's people listening that haven't read the blog, you know, just kind of redirect them there. Um, I am going to be talking with Doug Lamov in March and he wrote a book called teach like a champion, which I had to read for my, uh, master's degree. And he actually is working with us soccer now and he's, um, really influencing their coach educators in terms of uh, strategies of how to teach teachers and um, how to engage younger players. And, um, I when I read teach like a champion, I saw a lot of correlation and things that overlap between my teaching and my coaching. And so, um, I started engaging with him a little bit back then. Uh, and now he's taken an even bigger role and has even a bigger influence on the U S soccer coaching education stuff. So he agreed to come on in March. Um, so we can talk about a handful of things. So I'm excited about that. I'm excited about doing more, things like that that are a little bit seemingly off the beaten path you know um my episode with paul varian was was really well received 
Um, and I've actually had a lot of local coaches and directors coming up to me at games and tournaments saying like, wow, you know, I really liked your last podcast episode. And I didn't even know people locally were really listening, you know? (laughs) And so, so that was, that was cool. Um, and that one actually made its way through like the state association and everything. Um, and so people seem to really like those ones that are a little bit off on a tangent and a little bit more niche rather than just kind of always being right on like soccer and, you know, coaching. I don't know. Does that make sense? No, it totally makes sense. And I put out a tweet earlier today that, that I, I asked people like, you know, what shows do you guys like? And I basically, it was something that got confirmed is that a lot of the listeners want to talk. A lot of the people that are listening to this show want to hear more from players, want to hear more from coaches and want to hear more from, I guess you can just call them practitioners because they feel like they can relate to them on a one-to-one level. And I got in a very, very bad rut probably towards the end of 2017 where I got caught up in the spin cycle of wanting to cover this election and all kinds of of stuff where I was in, honestly, I was in over my head where I get into territory where I'm not very well-versed. And I even spoke with, um, with Kartik about it yesterday over the phone. And I told him, it's like, yeah, man, like I, I am completely out of my element. If I have to talk about like, you know, where a players came from or Jersey numbers or positions or things like that of, of professional players, like that's not my specialty. I can talk about coaching youth soccer. And when I put out the tweet earlier today, it kind of confirmed just the feedback kind of confirmed for me that people want to hear more of that type of stuff on this show and another thing that confirmed that last year is I kind of looked back at, you know, the most downloads for certain episodes mm-hmm. or not not for certain episodes, just overall. And, you know, I, I interviewed Taylor Twelman last year. I interviewed Eric Winalda. I, I interviewed a couple other, you know, big names in soccer. And the second most downloaded episode was Pete Stewart. And if I say that name out loud, <laughs> like like people are going to be like, who's like, who's Pete Stewart? But Pete Stewart is just a soccer dad who turned into a coach and he's now doing great work in Colorado. But Pete had, you know, astronomically higher numbers than some of the other podcasts. And those ones aren't light on downloads either. So it's like to know that, that that's what people were wanting and that's what people were sharing and that's what people were, were probably re-listening to. You know, I, I, I should have taken the hint a lot earlier because that episode, I think, went out in like June or July. And I had actually held on to that for three or four months because I didn't I, I didn't release that for whatever reason. I kind of kept it in my back pocket for a while. But yeah, it's just that's going to kind of shape or that is that that's already shaped like these little short episodes that I've been putting out, you know, 10, 15 minutes. And and then the guests like having you back on the show and, and getting Ian on the show and, and some other people. So there's going to be a lot more of that mixed in with some of the other stuff too, but yeah. Yeah, no, I I think that's when I think about my favorite podcast that I listen to, it's always the guest that I've never heard of that kind of surprises me, catches me off guard and like kind of blows me away or or, or really has a drastic impact on like my thought process, you know, that, that are, that become my favorites. So that make it, it makes sense. Like, even though it seems counterintuitive as a, as a pretty avid podcast listener, like it, it makes a lot of sense to me. So, yeah. 
No, and it's it's so funny too. I I totally agree, and I think a lot of people got caught off guard. I mean, we both watch Joe Rogan or listen to Joe Rogan. I think a lot of people got caught off guard by that David Goggins guy. The it's like the super <laughs> inspirational guy. It's like oh, absolutely, I, yeah. I have to assume that not very many people knew who he was. I didn't know who he was, but then all of a sudden on my Facebook feed, you know, just amongst my friends like that the little clips were getting shared left and right and i was like you guys don't even listen to joe rogan you guys don't even listen to podcasts like why are you guys sharing this and they're like oh this guy though like he's so amazing like okay and then i listened to it and i was like whoa yeah my see that was one i kind of skipped i didn't for whatever reason and that happens to me a lot of times too where i don't listen to it right away i kind of get like i'm just not it just doesn't seem interesting and then my brother actually texted me and was like, Hey, have you listened to this one with, with Goggins yet? And so then I went back and listened to it and was like, Oh man, I almost just skipped that. Like I almost didn't listen to that at all, you know? Um, but I kind of, my own bias gets in the way sometimes where I'll just see a name and read the little description on some of, some of the podcasts that I listen to and be like, Oh, that doesn't sound that interesting or it just doesn't sound like it's gonna, I'm going to relate to it at all, you know? And then, then I actually listen and there's, there's almost always some really, really cool stuff in there. So the, the one thing I've always kind of kept in the back of my mind too, is something that Tim Ferriss has said is that not every episode that he puts out is for every listener. So sometimes he might have like a science nerd on there. He might have an athlete. He might have an author, um, a musician. So it's, it's, he has a very wide range. Uh, I guess his audience is, is very wide ranging. So not every episode is going to appeal to every listener. And I've kind of just always held on to that because I know that some people that have kind of picked up this show over the course of last year and maybe the year before do come here for, you know, some type of a, a, a soccer politic reason, I guess you could say. Um, but then there's a lot of people that are turned are super turned off by that and they want just 100 percent coaching. So it's it's I'm going to try my best to find a, a balance, I guess, and a better balance in 2018. We'll see, see how I do. Well, so going back to like, you asked me like, what are my plans for the podcast for this year? And like, what am I excited about? I think that's really where I'm at is, and I was going to try not to bring up Tim Ferriss and Joe Rogan. Um, Cause I feel like <laughs> you and I always, always talk about those two guys and it, and it seems so um, like, why, why do we keep, you know, bringing them up when we're talking about ourselves? Cause we're, we're not anywhere near, uh, you know, that category or caliber of course at this point. But, um, but I, I personally, I have a lot of interest, you know, like a lot of them overlap and, and are at least, you know, most of mine are soccer related, but I have a lot of interest in things going on that are not specifically soccer related. And, I'm, I just want to do, I want to explore that a little bit more with my blog and with my podcast and with some other things I'm doing. Um, just because I feel like I want to be my authentic self and there's other things out there that interest me or that I consider and I ponder. And, you know, I think part of being a good coach is also understanding yourself as a human being, right. And understanding like how you balance the other aspects of your life. And so, if I don't have balance in other areas of my life, that, that does impact my coaching. And so for me, I think, well, maybe a majority of my listeners are coaches and people involved in the sport, but they're still going to gain something. If I'm talking about other areas of my life that I'm working on or that I'm interested in. Right. Like I, I think that 
I don't know. That might end up going poorly for me. It might actually turn people away that listened before because all of a sudden I'm not talking about specifically about soccer, but I actually think it'll go the other way. I think even more people will be interested um, and just show more variety. So I think as a, as a coach too, you're going to run into problems if you're not genuine and if you're not being yourself or if you're suppressing certain aspects of your life or whatever, you're trying to come out onto the field and, and be somebody else you know, hide that you, you know, have certain interests outside the field, whatever, you know, that's going to affect how, how you, you coach. And if you're, if you're not genuine, you're, you're going to fail. There's no other way to put it. Like you can't, you can't just put on a mask and go out there and fake it and, and expect that your, your players aren't going to pick up on that or that, you know, you're going to be able to last a season by be, by going out there and doing that for, you know, three, six, nine months, however long your season is. That's just not how it works. You have to be genuine. And being genuine means, yeah, if you have, you know, other, other stuff going on, you're like, let it happen, embrace it, be, let that be part of your daily routine and things like that. So that's one thing I've yeah. actually, no, I've actually noticed that with, with athletes and professional athletes in, in general, like, I think there's like this, this idea, like, you know, professional soccer players in Europe, you know, all they do is 100% training and, you know, all they watch is soccer and, you know, that's not true. It's, it's, that's not true. And, you know, these guys go to basketball games, like there's pictures of Neymar going to basketball games and, you know, singing at his piano and all kinds of other shit that, that he, that he does, but that's just him being genuine. That's just him being himself and he's not trying to fake it. And that's how he is on the field too. He's just, a, you know, that's, that's his character. And there's people that I think try to fake it. There's podcasters, there's coaches, there's players, whatever, that aren't their genuine selves, and that absolutely hurts them. So I don't know if that mm -hmm. if that makes any sense or ties in, but... No, I, it makes a lot of sense. And I, I think that um, there's... And, and I'm saying this because I know I've felt this way in the past. You know, you feel at times like um, the expectation is that I'm 100% the sport 100% of the time and that there's no other variables in life that really matter to me or impact me or, you know, I'm just ultra laser focused on that. And I think compared to the average person, that's probably true for most of us, right? Compared to the average person, we are pretty laser focused on what we're doing. But outside of that, you know, there's, there's a lot of other things going on and things that are interesting. So for, for instance, I'm going to be this year, one of my, one of my goals for this year is I'm actually going to be putting out a weekly newsletter and it's going to be really short, nothing big. It's going to be very manageable in terms of me being able to follow through every week. Um, but it's just going to be three things for the weekend and it's going to be three. So anybody who wants to sign up for it, they'll sign up on my, you know, at my blog, uh, and I'm going to start sending out some links on, on social media for people to, um, sign up and I'll promote it on, on the podcast as well. But it's, it's going to be simple. It's going to be something I'm reading, something I'm watching and something I'm using. And so sometimes it's going to be very soccer related and sometimes it's not, or maybe it is, but it's going to be, did you, like, I made a soccer connection. Do you make a soccer connection? You know, cause it's not going to be necessarily obvious, um, why it's important to me Dude, on, on um, that, on that point, I, I think everything that I do 
is not soccer related, but everything that I do, I relate to soccer. I don't know if that makes sense, but anytime I fucking mm-hmm. go somewhere, I'm thinking about like, oh, okay, yeah, you know, that's that was a great, you know, whatever. I'm trying to think of what I normally do. <laughs> I by default watch a lot of NFL because the bar that's like or that was closest to my house where all my buddies go shows NFL. I have zero interest in in American football, zero. And those guys are always sitting there like uh you know talking about players and trades and whatever plays and so every sunday never failed i would get into a, a, a conversation about promotion relegation and how you know american football lacks that and how it could be so much more robust never fails not soccer related at all it's it was just a hilarious occurrence that happened what how 17 weeks in a row i guess <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know so what kind of sparked this for me is and this is going to be something that's in my first newsletter that I send out. Um, so I'm not really spoiling anything. Maybe it'll just make people even more intrigued. But um, I woke up a couple weeks ago. I think it was like a Saturday or a Sunday morning. I woke up and I had a text from a, a friend of mine, a colleague, another coach, somebody who's in the industry. And or no, it was an email. And it was like an it was this really vague kind of mysterious email where it was like he he sent it out to a bunch of people but everybody was bcc'd on it and so he said hey i've blind copied you on this email that i'm sending to a close circle of friends and i just thought you might be interested in reading this article and i just wanted to respect your privacy so that's why you're all blind copied on it and so i thought okay well this almost kind of sounds like a uh, like a spam email, you know, like it almost sounds like it almost reads like he got hacked. It kind of sounds like an intervention. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, so I click on, on the link and it takes me to this short story that was recently published in the Atlantic. Um, it was a kind of a lost short story that they found by Kurt Vonnegut. And so I'm reading this, this short story with no context of like, Hey, I thought you would like this because of X, Y, and Z. All it said was, I thought you might be interested in this because it sort of relates to my situation. And he has like kind of a specific thing going on in his life that he's dealing with. And then he just said, and, and I thought it might connect to your situation. Now, my situation that I'm going through right now and his situation are very different things. So I was kind of like, well, what, what could, what article could touch both of these kind of situations, right? Like it doesn't make sense. So I click on it and then I'm reading this, this Kurt Vonnegut short story. And if you've ever read anything by Kurt Vonnegut, it's like, uh, it, you got to really read between the lines. I mean, and it was this really eccentric story and all this stuff's going on. And the whole time I'm reading it, I'm trying to make like, what, where's he going with this? Like what, what point is he trying to make? And so I read it. And I was just sitting there like really thinking hard, like, wow, there was a lot to that. It's pretty deep trying to, but it, you know, there's no direct connection. Like you really got to read between the lines. And so I texted him. I said, Hey, did you really mean to send me that article last night? And he goes, yeah. Did you like it? And I was like, Oh, okay. So he really did mean it. It wasn't spam. And him and I just started texting back and forth and, he started sharing what his thoughts were. And then all of a sudden that sparked, okay, now I see where you're going with that. Yeah, I see this. And this is what I thought. And here's how I, and we went back and forth for like an hour and a half and it, 
ended up connecting back to some career stuff for, for both of us. And he just was, it was really thoughtful. And I, I really did like the short story. And so that's something I'm going to share in my three things for the weekend. You know, it's, it's not directly soccer related, but I think that anybody who's a coach and who is, has career ambition and anybody who is going through things in their life, like is going to, you know, they could read it and, and maybe get a lot out of it, you know? And, and I hope what it'll do is spark some conversation and maybe people will interact, you know, send me emails back. Um, and I don't know, I'm trying it out. This is something I'm going to do this year. I'm excited about. Um, and I think it's going to allow me to show different sides of myself as well and share different interests and um, things that I actually am spending time on, whether it's reading or watching or uh, apps and programs and uh, different things that I buy that I'm using, you know? Yeah, that's super exciting, dude. And that's, it's cool to kind of take like a new direction or a fresh approach. I know, I know that you kind of, I know personally, I get a bunch of energy when I do that and it's, it's always fun to kind of start a new project. Um, you mentioned yeah. something earlier, though, that I, I want to make sure that I come back to. And it was talking about revisiting some of your old blog posts and maybe rehashing some, some topics that you might have had a certain stance on back in the day, but have maybe changed your mind about today. And I'm curious if there's anything that, that soccer-related that you know, you're, you're maybe doing differently or that you have just like confirmed over the years, like over three, four or five years that, you know, this is what works or this isn't what works or, or something like that. Is there anything that, that jumps out at you right away when I ask about that? I think the, the thing that, I mean, I, there's probably several things we could go into if I really sat here and thought about it for a little bit, but, um, the number one thing that has been on my mind over the last probably 18 months um, has been what you, the exercises you use, the language you use, the, uh, everything, all the variables that you play around with when you're coaching, it really is dependent on your players. And that's not to say that there's not certain things that work with everybody. There absolutely are. Right. And the, I think the core ideas and message stay consistent for me. But when I was at Barca, uh, when I was running Barcelona, Oregon, I had a certain demographic of players that we pulled from a certain community uh, in our specific part of town that we pulled from. And we, we served a certain community that the other nearby clubs didn't serve like weren't interested in serving necessarily. And so it meant we had certain players with certain backgrounds and what worked with those players, what worked with those teams don't necessarily work with my current players because I'm at a different club now that serves a very different demographic. Um, and just come from a very different place overall. And it's really forced me to change and reevaluate my approach to how I explain certain things, the language I use, the, the emphasis I have to put on 
certain activities or exercises that we're doing. Um, and I think that has been pretty eye opening for me because I think my first four or five coaching experiences all kind of were in a, a certain demographic. And then now I'm working with a, a very different player pool. And I, I think I was frustrated for a while that it didn't necessarily connect smoothly, if that you, makes sense. No, it does. And, and one question that pops into my mind right away was, do you think the end goal is different for you now? Like, and, and I should preface with this, that when I was a young new coach and I, I wanted to hit the ground running and I had, you know, big dreams and big aspirations, I don't want to say that reality set in and that, you know, my end goal kind of changed, but what I'm, what I'm imagining now for you is that maybe that happened as well. But now that you are at this new club, maybe, maybe like serving whatever demographic or, or player pool you're serving now, maybe the end goal is also completely different for that group too. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, my, my personal end goal definitely hasn't changed through all of this. Um, but yeah, what their end goal is, what those players foresee as their end goal is definitely different. Like what, um, like, like what was the goal when, with the, with the Barca organ group? Like what, like when you guys set out to do that, like what were your aspirations? Okay. So when, when we, when I was running Barca Oregon, we had a very clear vision. Like we knew what demographic we wanted to serve. We knew that it was an area of town that was mostly lower income, that there was a lot of, um, you know, a lot of immigrant populations and, uh, a lot of soccer first cultures that weren't necessarily being served for one reason or another by other nearby clubs. And so, in some ways, when we started those teams, it, they all started out kind of like the bad news bears, right? It was like some absolute ballers and then some, a lot of players kind of right in the middle. And then even some, you know, really lower end players that struggled to keep up. And, but that's it. That was our community. Right. And that's how we formed teams. And, and because of the size of club we were and the, um, being fairly new and not having, um, uh, an established reputation that was what we were working with. And so when we started, it was, well, let's do soccer differently. Let's, let's try to run a club, but do it in a way that's maybe outside the norm of what a majority of youth soccer clubs in the area are doing. And so when in doing that, at first it was like, let's just get established, right? Let's establish some groups. Then it was, let's see if we can start being competitive at certain levels. And then there was one group in particular that we said, okay, that's the group that we feel like we can nurture and potentially go take to uh, like a state cup and go do some, some bigger things with them. And after several years, we were able to take that one age group and go and win a state cup. And so that, I think that goal constantly was evolving within the club and within those groups based on where we were at in the project, you know, versus the beginning and then towards the end where I'm at now, the club's established. Um, 
I came on board because they, they got DA status and they were starting a development Academy program. And so I came into that and definitely that group's mentality was different. They were already players who had been in a club system, like a a traditional club system for several years. Um, They were used to a certain way of doing things while we play in the Oregon youth soccer uh, state league, right? Like we play fall league and then maybe we do president's cup and then we have a winter break and maybe play some futsal. and, And then we go back into spring league and we prepare for state cup. And hopefully during that time, certain players, you know, are doing our regional, the regional training centers for the state. And then maybe that gets them onto an ODP team. Maybe that ODP team goes and competes in a regional tournament or whatever it might be, right? Like they already had that mentality. Our, our Barca Oregon kids, they were coming straight out of the Mexican league or whatever, and then coming to us. And so they just had a different mentality. They, they didn't have this in their mind. Like they didn't really care about ODP. They didn't really care if they made, you know, a regional training center, like those things weren't on their radar. They just wanted to come in and work hard. And they were a little bit more blue collar, I think in their, in their work ethic and, and what they wanted to do. And, the top players on that team, like their idea was of success was to be a professional player. Now I'll be really honest that Barca, Oregon, like the odds are we weren't going to be producing pro players out of that system for a while. Right. Like it was going to take a long time for us to, to build up that, the resources and the reputation to do that. Um, but at least that was their mentality. And so there was, there was players that we felt like we could really push um, to try to head that direction. Um, the current club I'm at, I think it's more, Hey, I want to play club soccer. I want to be with my friends. I want to, um, maybe play high school ball, hopefully maybe someday play college ball and we'll see what happens from there. Um, and, and I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. It's just a different mentality. When did you realize so, that? Tryouts the first, <laughs> I mean, it was pretty obvious right away kind of where the mentality of both the players and the parents were. And how did, how did you adjust initially? Cause I mean, if you notice during tryouts, I mean, that's a very abrupt, like you're like probably taken aback, like, Oh my gosh, like what's happening. This is different. Um, if you noticed right away, did you change right away or was there like a learning curve for you as well? Totally a learning curve. Yeah. There had to be a learning curve because, you know, I already had habits and systems in place that, had worked for me in the past. Um, and so you, the first thing you do, I think in any situation, right, is you come in and, and you try to implement your routine and system of what you've done in the past, you know? Um, yeah, you're modifying it to the group, but you're still trying to keep the essence of that. And, but then as you get to know the groups and you get to know the, uh, players better and you get to know the personalities involved um, and y- you adapt, you start to evolve, you start to go, okay, this kid needs a little bit more of this. And this functional group needs a little bit more of this, you know, um, all of a sudden the mentality of the team. Uh, yeah. This is probably the best way to put it. The psychology of the players was significantly different. Um, I have found that over the last 18 months, I've had to put a lot more effort into grit and mental toughness where I didn't meaning, meaning that you have to try to coach that. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Got it. 
Whereas like before that was like, that already was there. It was almost like prior I was reining kids in. If that makes sense. No, like you're, you're, you're trying to rein some kids in to, um, make sure that they're not going too far. And, and then my first, oh, so I did preseason last year with this U12 group, um, group of O fours and towards the end, like three weeks, maybe into preseason, we had some friendlies with some teams from Seattle and we knew that they were going to be strong. We knew that they were a lot more experienced and the player pool was a little deeper and they had been planning for this development Academy program, whereas is the club I'm at what hadn't planned for it. Um, and so we knew it was going to be humbling. Well, within the first 10 minutes of the game, I had two kids come off the field in tears, completely frustrated with themselves, completely frustrated with the situation. And I was dumbfounded because the game, yeah, the, the other team was very good compared to us, but it was just like a couple strong tackles and a couple, you know, strong physical plays that, that weren't fouls. They weren't, it just was like, Hey, these guys are ballers and they came to play. Right. And, and my team wasn't ready for that. They hadn't been prepared for that kind of environment. And so, yeah, it, it definitely changed what my, my primary focus was. And it changed how I had to think about the topics I was coaching. Right. Thank you for listening to another episode of the 343 Podcast. And thank you to Christopher Kramer for coming back on the show for a second time. I can't believe it when I think about it, but Chris was my first guest that I ever had on the show. That's so crazy. But it was cool to catch up with him again. Uh, if you are looking for more information about the program that helped unite Chris and I, the 343 Coaching Education Program, you can find all of that info on 343coaching.com. That's the numbers 343coaching, all spelled out, .com. And to talk a little bit about his experience with our free course that is available on the website as well, here is Tom Beyer. And I can tell you, after someone who's done a lot of coaches' education, both as a student and as an instructor, that you will learn more by watching one or two of their videos that you might learn on any full-time course. Because the, the one thing that I like about what they're presenting is, again, it's simplicity, man. It's very simple. It's not a lot of, you know, complicated words. It makes sense. And it goes right directly to the heart of, of, of the game on, on, on how, to, how to develop um, not just, you know, individual players, but develop teams as well. Okay, so if you are looking to find more information about that course that Tom took or the program, like I said, that brought Topher and I together, you can find all of that at 343coaching.com. That's the numbers 34 and 3, coaching, all spelled out, .com. Okay, that's it for today. Until next time, have a good one.